Welcome back into Car Radio. You're on 910 AM. The Superstation. I'm Henry Payne, auto columnist for the Detroit News. We've got a great second hour of the program today. We're going to be focusing on this new platform, subcompact platform, uh, from General Motors. We're talking the first hour with Mike Whalen about the uh, new Buick and Vista. Really interesting, pretty new car. Uh, for them, entry-level SUVs starting at just $23,495, a remarkable value uh, for, for a vehicle um, uh, in that segment. And, it, and uh, it's paired with uh, the Chevy Trax, which is also built on the same platform. It's a couple thousand dollars uh, cheaper than that. So uh, really uh, interesting entry-level uh, product from... Uh, Chevrolet as well, both built on this platform, a uh, real opportunity uh, for both brands. And so we'll be talking uh, later in the hour with uh, first Sam Russell, who is Buick's marketing chief, about what they hope to achieve uh, with the Buick and Vista, and then follow uh, him with Steve Majoros, who is Chevrolet's marketing chief, and talking about the Chevy Trax, which is a similar opportunity, entry-level opportunity uh, for Chevrolet, particularly at a time in this market where vehicles are not very affordable. Only about uh, 15% of the industry offerings are under $30,000 these days. So uh, General Motors sees a real opportunity both with the Buick and uh, the Chevy uh, in that entry-level segment. But uh, uh, to, to kick off the second hour here, I'm, I'm uh, up in uh, Charlevoix, Michigan this weekend and having fun with two of my favorite pocket rocket uh, cars. One of them is a 2006 uh, Honda Civic Si. I think one of the best generations of a Honda Civic Si. High revving, 8,000 horsepower, uh, little car, uh, manual shifter. Uh, still very relevant car to today. And then I'm also driving a 2023 uh, all new VW Golf R, the 20th edition, uh, 20th anniversary Golf R. Fantastic car, gobs of horsepower. Uh, including all-wheel drive, and this is also a stick shift. And so I, I was having fun with these two cars, and I thought, you know, I, I, I want to hear from John Akeda again, who was the uh, brand chief for Acura, because they basically just did a hybrid of the two cars I'm driving, this uh, Honda Civic Si and the VW Golf Bar with the all-new Acura Integra Type S, a tremendous new entry uh, into the hot hatch market. Uh, starting a little north of $50,000. Here's John Akeda talking about that car. All right, this is Henry Payne with 910 AM Radio. Having a good day at the office. I'm out in California driving the all-new 2024 Acura Integra Type S. And i got John Akeda with me, who's the... Uh, Brand officer for Acura, and I always love seeing you, John, because uh, you've really remade uh, this brand, uh, starting with the Halo car, the Acura NSX. But this has really been Acura's Halo for a long time, uh, this Acura Integra. Now we got a Type S. Pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that we always talk about, the NSX is a Halo car, but there's so many good and warm and fuzzy memories of everybody in the past around the Integra as a model. And and uh, to bring it back last year and then to finally be able to answer to everybody, are you going to make the Type S version of the Integra? Yes, and we're finally here. You get to drive it, and uh, we're very happy to see everybody enjoying it. 
Yeah, it's it's a wonderful car, and uh, you and I were just out on the road uh, carving the uh, California can- canyons here north of Los Angeles, and you've been driving a an Acura NSX Type S, a beautiful car, best uh, NSX is it. Uh, as it drives into the sunset, so it's fun to chase you in the uh, in the in the NSS Type X in the Integra Type uh, Type S. I, I can't keep up with your horsepower. You're you're like 550, and the and the and the Integra is uh, 320. But this uh, the Integra really holds the road. Yeah, I mean, you know, we had that little break right there, and I saw you behind me, but uh, I pulled out. I didn't know if you're going to follow me, but uh, obviously the NSX is very fast going straight, but they wasn't. I thought I had at least three corners before you caught up to me, but you were right on me, Wayne. So, uh, I'm Henry. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, you were right on me. So, yeah, I guess the car's good. The fat tires on the Integra's uh, performing well, and uh, we're having fun. So fun. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it's so easy to drive. Uh, uh, it's got a manual box. It's the only thing you get with it is a six-speed manual. Uh, I think it's the best uh, manual box this side of a Porsche. You're 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 a Porsche guy. You love Porsches. Uh, you know, talk about that a little bit. I mean, it's so important to have an intuitive box, and uh, this box is so tight, such nice short throws. It's really a key to this car, I think. Yeah, it's you know, it's a manual, and so we've we've been known to have good you know good shit. Um, S2000 is another one. It's just the clicking and just how smooth everything is. The Porsche I drive is so old, it, it, it's not comparable. It's not comparable. I, I don't have the fancy new ones. Uh, I got the old one. But, uh, but yeah, it's you know to have a really engaging manual driving experience, you want a good transmission box. And uh, we've done a good job with this one, I think. Yeah, that's great. You don't you don't get that option in the NSX, right? You're you're all, all auto. Yeah, it's all going away. Uh, we're hanging on for dear life right here. But uh, I think uh, you know it's with everything progressing and evolving in mobility. I think it's always good to kind of have a vehicle like this. It's very engaging. It's a different experience completely uh, to what's happening nowadays, and uh, we're very happy to be able to produce a car like this. So, so we're we're at we're at the entry level here for for the Acura brand uh, with the with the Integra car. Not a lot of uh, manufacturers out there making cars anymore. A lot of anticipation for the for the base Integra sales have been uh, tremendous. You're leading in this segment here. Then talk about the walk that you guys do up to the Type S. Yeah, obviously entry Integra. You know, it's the it's a world of CUVs, but uh, we want to make fun to drive vehicles. We wanted to bring that brand back in, the name of Integra and the car itself back into the fold of the lineup. And uh, obviously, you know, it, it has to have that, uh, that engaging feeling that we we'll always remember. Cars are never going to be as light as they used to be, you know, so it's a little bit of different uh, in, in hustling the cars. But uh, why, why is that? Why are cars heavier? Well, safety. So we're, not, we're never going to ban in safety. I think safety is a big part of it, and uh, cars are just better, you know. But with that comes a little bit more weight. But um, still 3,200 pounds. I mean, this is about the same weight as a as a as a um, Porsche Cayman. Yeah, I mean, you know, we obviously we're going to try to make it as light as we can. Um, you know, it it is what it is. But the, the tight pass, you know, if you think about the walk uh people talk about it it's it's uh if, if you look at a civic to the type r all right and you look at the base of an uh, integra a spec 
Civic SI to Type R to A-Spec to where we are. That's uh, where it lands, and it's very close to each other in terms of the gap in pricing right there. But uh, scarcity is another thing that drives some pricing. Uh, not a lot of choices left out there, but for anybody that grew up uh, nostalgically having fun and an integrator back in the day, and you're ready for some of that similar excitement in today's terms, uh, yeah, the Integra Type S is all that and more. Now, you mentioned the Civic Type R, also uh, the, the Halo car for that compact sedan. A lot of talk leading up to the introduction of the Integra Type S, how it would differentiate itself uh, from the Type R. The Type R is an icon uh, in its own right in, in the mainstream segment. I, I find them remarkably different. I, I don't know if it's the, if it's the visual, um, if it's the interior, but how, how, talk about that. How do you differentiate these two cars? Well, from, you know, overall, the, the Type S Integra is a street performer direction. So, and the Type R is more of a track performance focus. So the two teams are going after two different things. Obviously, the bodies are different uh, and designed completely. So everything on the Integra Type S and its performance is tuned to the, that body. So software, all the things that they're, they're doing to the vehicle, they might have a lot of common parts, but they're, they're tuned differently. Uh, street driving, you don't see the big wing. Obviously, uh, some people want the big wing. Please put the big wing on. You know, the, you know, have fun with these things because that's what we make these things for. But it's a little bit more civil. We kept some of the larger amenities that we might have taken out of the Type R. We left it in here. Uh, I'm going to get one so a, a guy in his 50s could feel okay about driving it down the street without looking like I'm trying too hard. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of demographic uh, differences of who we went after as a customer. So uh, I'm glad to hear that you could feel the difference. Uh, we had other journalists who own Type R's, uh, Civic Type R's, and, you know, they're driving it every day, and they jumped in, and they were very curious about the difference. But it's, it is different. But is it fast? Is it fun? Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of tire on that thing and a lot of brakes. So, yeah. like you and I were having fun in the back roads there. Yeah, there's plenty to be had with this car, and you have a little bit more, you know, uh, in terms of minutes. Well, and and uh, and what I like about it, I mean, you talk about it being a street fighter, and and there's so many cars today, the NSX included, that you really can't un, un, you can't get to the envelope of cars, Porsches, BMW M's, uh, Audi RS's, unless you take them on the track, and uh, they 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 have so much power that they can they can be a little fearsome on on the street uh, uh, because they outstrip a, a two lane road road pretty good. That's what I like about. About this car, I mean, it's got a lot of horsepower, but if but but you can you can ring it out on a good country road and not feel like you're en endangering yourself. And at the same time, it's got so much rear leg room that uh, you can you know when you're not carving canyons, you can you can throw your whole family in this thing. It's a good little family car. Yeah, I mean, packaging wise, it's one of the things that we we like to think about a lot in Honda and Acura within the packaging the hatchback was a must and so yes it's got four doors but it's um it carries people it's a lot of fun to drive you talk about big power you know um it's I would like to thank what I liked about the integrity of the past was or an RSX or anything a little bit of the lightweight you could feel like you could hustle the car and feel like you're in control 
right? And and at my average driving capabilities, the race car drivers another thing. They could hustle anything, and so they could take it, everything to the limit. But I, I feel like with this vehicle uh, compared to like an NSX uh, on a track. I'm in control. I'm driving the car. The car's not driving me. <laughs> it could, because sometimes when we have so much horsepower, it, it feels like I'm being taken for a ride, right? So am I on a 250R off-road bike or am I on a CBR 1000? You know, it's like on that big bike, I'm take, being taken for a ride. And uh, so those kinds of things are, there's ways to put this in levels for more people to enjoy what fun to drive is. And, and obviously, there's a lot of numbers that are out there. But I could tell you at, at our company, you know, what we've always pursued with any of our cars is that it's fun to drive, and we want to be able to spread that to a lot of people. Yeah. And I think this car is, you know, if you get in, if you get a chance to get in and drive it, uh, you you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, it's so much fun. It's so practical. That the the hatch, I believe, it's the only hatch uh, in the premium class, which is which is such a benefit uh, uh, to a driver going on the road. Just I mean, if you if you want to autocross it, just being able to throw the hatch up and and put tires back there. I mean, yeah, so practical in so many ways. Uh, last thing I want to talk to you about is uh, uh, you guys are always racing. Honda's racing. Just came back from the Detroit Grand Prix. Uh, Honda won the uh, the inaugural downtown Detroit Grand Prix. Uh, Acura does the same, uh, pushing the envelope these days in the IMSA prototype class. You guys are going to take this to to um, Pikes Peak with an anime wrap. Talk, talk about both those things. Okay, so obviously you make a type S. Uh, you you all know if you're a fan of Honda and Acura, we got to race everything, just the way it is at our company. And so, yeah, no different with this Integra Type S. Uh, we're going to go take a racing. It's going to be a Pikes Peak. Uh, Lonnie Unser, you know, famous Unser family, you know, associated with uh, Pikes Peak. Yeah. But uh, we're going to have her run the car up the hill there. Uh, we showcased the car at the Acrograph in Long Beach. It was in our atrium area. But uh, we wrapped it anime style because one of the things that we've, you know, we try to have a little bit of fun with this brand. And uh, one of our successful uh, advertising campaigns around Type S and, and this Integra, the, the announcement of this Integra was around an anime story. It's a 40-second spot. There's four of these that tells a story of uh, Chiaki, our hero, hero here. She's going to go and race this thing. And, uh, yeah, we tried to create that anime look of the vehicle in the anime physically in the real world, and uh, we had a lot of fun with it. Um, one thing for sure, Chiaki is on fire. Uh, 275 million views the first first round. Uh, also just got done winning an award for advertising for um, one of the most effective advertising campaigns that uh, we were able to come up with. So, yeah, we've, we're having fun. Uh, we why just leave it in the anime world? You know, let's bring it out and just continue to leverage all the the fun that everybody's having around that campaign. So yeah. we'll be racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah, great to have Integra back. It's all about fun. This is a a, a fun, fun car. The Type S, John Akita. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Henry. Attention! Do you owe back taxes, fines, and penalties to the IRS? The IRS now offers new relief options for taxpayers affected by COVID-19, but you can't go it alone. 
Call Tax Solutions now. Our team of former IRS agents and tax professionals can get you the best deal. We know the COVID-19 rules. Call us and never speak to the IRS again. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. The virus has caused the IRS to take extensive action to help taxpayers. So if you owe $10,000 or more, this is the best time in years to settle your tax debt. I qualified for the Fresh Start program. I paid less than I owed. Remember, the IRS will not give up until you pay. Call 800-683-9499. 800-683-9499. The Word Network has been broadcasting inspirational messages around the world since the year 2000. And we keep getting bigger and better and more innovative. Seen all around the world, we bring you the best teaching, impartation, singing, and inspiration. If you want original programming, we have that too. The Word Network is your exclusive source for all things inspiration. And we can be found on every device imaginable. If you want to be uplifted and inspired, you need the Word Network. My38 is offering a great special that cannot be refused. Are you looking for a great deal on TV advertising? Are you searching for an avenue to get your business name out to the public? With My38, we are offering a great special with 100 commercial ads for a great price. This offers for a 30-day ad placement. Please contact Devin C. for more information at 248-357-4566 or email at d.calhoun at thewordnetwork.org. This excludes political ads. All right, this is Henry Payne with 910 AM. The Superstation out in Ann Arbor driving a fascinating uh, uh, new car. It's the Invista, which you haven't heard about before, but you have heard about entry-level Buick SUVs. In fact, Buick uh, was a pioneer in entry-level SUVs with the Encore a long time ago. Uh, the Invista is now the entry-level uh, Buick SUV. Really good car. I'm a big guy. I can fit in it, which is a, a big, uh, always a big test for an entry-level SUV. We're joined by Sam Russell, who's a marketing director uh, for Buick. And, and uh, uh, Sam, talk about that. You guys uh, really created this segment, I don't know, about uh, uh, a, a, yeah, a decade ago with, with, with the Encore. Uh, changed the segment. Uh, also really changed the perception of, of uh, Buick. Now you're, you're kind of back but with a with a different uh uh different product cadence the encore is now the second vehicle in lineup just just talk about that stew for us <laughs> yeah no i i think first of all i appreciate the recognition for for what um has been a journey for the brand uh starting in 2013 with the introduction of the encore really got the um the future of the brand set as a premium suv brand back in those days uh saw the transition in the industry um, ahead of the curve in a sense and and really led to the introductions we've had more recently on the brand um, not only with the Encore GX just recently but um, now the Invista and then the recent re- recently revealed Envision which is going into its third generation as well and and um, a lot of people don't realize it but we've become the premium SUV brand in the market um, almost exclusively since I want to say late 20, early 21 when we sold out of the traditional sedan yeah. and became dedicated to, um, exclusively to, um, premium SUVs. And then, um, you know, and, and building on that, um, 
really has been a, a, a journey in, in seeing the opportunity in the marketplace, participating in, in the largest and fastest growing segments, and then bringing vehicles that are, are really compelling uh, propositions to our customers as far as the technology, the premiumness, the design, um, and then just the overall transformation we're undergoing now. As if that transformation wasn't enough, now we're setting the brand's foundation for what is ultimately an all-EV future by 2030. And from here to there, taking a number of steps to really position the brand um, uh, with strength in a couple of areas, right? It's, it's having uh, the purposeful technologies, the right kind of design language, even the representation of the brand and the logo is changed and updated to make sure that um, as we aspire to become an all-EV brand, we make sure that the um, the perceptions of the brand are in tune with that. Yes, we're a premium SUV brand. Yes, we're a technology brand. And yes, we will be all-EV by 2030. But um, didn't have to save all those steps for then, right? We could, we could start doing that with our internal combustion vehicles and bringing excellent vehicles to the marketplace today. Yeah, and, and uh, huge changes in this brand, uh, as you say, going all SUV, uh, now by the end of this uh, decade going EV. Uh, uh, why not take this opportunity with this entry-level vehicle? You're introducing a new badge and Vista. Why not take this opportunity to introduce EVs uh, to, to your uh, brand? Uh, infrastructure tends to follow volume. You know, you look, look at the smartphone market. Uh, would, would, would this have been an opportunity with your value, with your volume product, uh, the Invista, to uh, really get uh, EVs on the road? Uh, I think it could have been, but I think, um, you know, you talk about transforming the brand speed we've been, and, and we're in the industry, and we track a lot of these changes relatively quickly. I think the bigger challenge um, for any marketer out there is making sure that your customer base is tracking those changes at the speed of change, um, which is very difficult, right? Um, getting messages across to consumers uh, in a consistent um, and timely manner so that they know what's going on is the number one challenge. And I look at the Invista as being a, a, a critical part of helping our customers uh, follow Buick on this journey. And, and what I mean by that is, um, you can probably walk anywhere in a square mile from here and um, ask people if they know that Buick's a premium SUV, exclusively premium SUV brand, and you will probably find people that still think we only build sedans, right? And so even that transformation is hard for people to follow. And the other one is affordability, making sure that we're introducing the brand to people at all levels of the pricing spectrum. And I think right now, an EV at this price point wouldn't have been something we would have been able to accomplish, um, even though that is probably in our near future. At this point right now, um, you know, one of the data points that we, we look at as far as the opportunity for the brand is the fact that from an MSRP perspective, back in 2019, just under 50% of the market sold a vehicle that was priced under $30,000. You fast forward to last year, and that number is 15% of the market. So a lot of vehicles have left the market. A lot other vehicles have just ratcheted up their price due to new product generations or things that have gone beyond that 30000 price point. And in our estimation, you've left 
an enormous amount of what we call orphans in the marketplace looking for great product, um, new product that not only meets their technology, styling, quality uh, demands in a new vehicle, but also meets the price point that they can afford. And I thought that, I think that is the biggest equation that the Invista helps us solve today is introducing Buick to a new, broader audience that may not have otherwise considered the brand um, because they they didn't see anything out there that appealed to them at a price they could afford. And I think the Invista really brings a unique mix of styling, technology, versatility, and connectivity to an audience that should ultimately be pretty surprised by what we're offering. Yeah, no, I, 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 this is white space, I think, for premium brands. Uh, I, when I think uh, entry-level uh, premium SUVs, I'm thinking uh, BMW X1, X2, uh, well north uh, uh, of this price point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it seems like, too, you guys are, are, are similar to what BMW does with X1, X2. Uh, you're kind of pairing these uh, cars. You have the Encore GX, uh, a little boxier take on the small SUV. Uh, this this uh, uh, Invista, very sleek, coupe-like mm-hmm. uh, shape. Is is that how you look at uh, this this segment? Uh, that the people sort of have a choice, or or do you? Is the Invista still uh, the entry point? I actually think there's a, a duality in the roles for the vehicles, and I think you're right. They, they each play a role for us, and they complement each other. And while the, the the price of entry on the Invista is a little lower than the GX, um, you can technically call it our entry level. But I think they actually play roles in slightly different um, across a different dimension. We mentioned earlier, you know, the introduction of the original Encore kind of created the small SUV segment. Since then, we've sold well over half a million Encores and some Encore GXs on top of that in its first generation. And we see the Encore GX in the new design, new logo, new technology that we've put into that vehicle as a next step for those vehicle, for those customers to remain loyal to the brand. And we see it as a key component of a loyalty play. Um, whereas the Invista to us, uh, we've dubbed internally as what we call a conquest champion. It's, it's truly an opportunity to um, broaden the appeal of the brand to an audience that otherwise may not have looked at um, Buick originally and, um, and bring them in. It also gives us the opportunity to um, help customers on the journey of migration eventually to a migration of an SUV, right? The industry is not 100% SUVs. We are. Um, but this is what I would consider a middle step between a traditional car buyer and an SUV buyer. You get, um, you call it coupe-like styling. We call it a crossover. Um, it gives you a unique blend of the versatility and capabilities of an SUV along with the styling and the driving dynamics of a sedan. And I think that allows us to appeal to an audience that may not be considering the traditional boxier SUV styling, um, but it still gets them into a Buick. And then, uh, you know, the, the hope is this vehicle impresses you with what the, the brand is able to offer at the $25,000, $26,000 price point once you equip it with a few features and, and, and the like. And we'll keep customers aspiring to the brand as they progress through their life stages 
um, and look for other vehicles that may meet different needs as they evolve. So you can move up to a larger SUV in the Envision. You might want the all-wheel drive capability on the GX. Or maybe your family got real big overnight and you need an enclave, right? So so it gives us a, um, kind of a, a, a welcome card to the, the Buick brand. Um, and uh, I think it does a great job of representing the brand at its price point. I mean, I you know this this is an entry level vehicle. Uh, feels very different uh, than the Encore, your previous entry entry vehicle. A lot bigger. I'm a six foot five guy. I can I can fit easily in this in this back seat, uh, uh, sitting sitting behind myself. Uh, a beautiful curved screen up front. I mean, how, how do you how do you guys how do you guys do it? How do you how do you build a vehicle this size with this much technology uh, for under thirty thousand dollars? Well, I think I have the designers and the engineers to thank that they um, they took whatever the number was on their cost book at the end of the day, and they put the cost in all the right places. Is how I like to think of it. They've they've really concentrated a lot of their effort in designing um, a beautiful vehicle on the outside and putting a lot of the cost and value right in front of the customer's eyes. Right, so um, you really see it in things like this, the infotainment screen. Um, the way the whole vehicle interior, the cockpit's designed, the little details that really um, bring some premiumness into the cockpit. Um, but then they've also used that cost wisely to give us a lot more room and and just uh, impressive styling on the outside. So it really boils down to a great, I think, a great team effort by the development team to to put cost where it matters at the end of the day. And I think that balanced out. Um, you know, this incredible package for consumers at the right price. Yeah, I, I, you know, the, the media folks here are already Tuesday, raving about June 27th, the District Detroit, a premier live, work, play, and learn destination, is hosting their first contractor fair at the Michigan Regional Council of Carpenters and Millwrights on American Avenue in Detroit at 3 p.m. Join Olympia Development and related companies to learn about contracting opportunities on the first construction project and hear more about the nine additional approved renovations and new construction projects, including hotels and residential and commercial buildings. The District Detroit Contractor Fair, Tuesday, June 27th at the Michigan Regional Council of Carpenters and Millwrights on American Avenue in Detroit at 3 p.m. Pre-register at thedistrictdetroit.com. Have you thought about advertising your business on our 9, 10 a.m. superstation? Our audience is bigger than ever, and your investment will be lower than ever. Find out how you can grow your business. Give us a call during business hours and ask for Henry, 248-357-4566. We will tell your story, and more folks than ever before will come to your door. 248-357-4566. Ask for Henry, the super audience at our 9, 10 superstation, wants to hear about Call now. The all-new 910 Superstation is your number one source for urban talk radio. If you're looking for the best in radio programming, look no further. You can now listen in on a multitude of audio platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Buzzsprout, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Listen Notes, and coming soon to Amazon Music, Good Pods, and Overcast. 910 AM Superstation, the largest, strongest. 50,000 watt urban radio station in town. Did you know most vitamin supplements don't even come from food? Even the products with colorful fruits and vegetables adorning the labels are seldom derived from produce. Typically, supplements are synthetic, made in a laboratory. Modern science may synthetically imitate these chemicals, but your body isn't fooled. 
It knows the difference and it craves quality materials to build, repair and fight illness. You need to consume fruits and vegetables daily in a variety of colors as well as whole grains and other fresh food. That's why I formulated Bounds of Nature. I wanted to be able to give my patients a natural alternative to the cheap, unnatural chemistry by giving them real fruits and vegetables. In fact, the only ingredients inside of Bounds of Nature are whole fruits and vegetables. Don't settle for imitation nutrition. Reach for the good stuff, the real stuff. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code RADIO5. 9 a.m. Superstation has the greatest advertising deal ever with our Godfather package. 100 spots for $600 with a must-air within 30-day policy, and we will even produce the spots free. That's right, free. Call Devin C. now at 248-357-4566. That's 248-357-4566. Or email at d.calhoun at thewordnetwork.org. This excludes political ads down to a great i think a great team effort by the development team to to put cost where it matters at the end of the day and i think that balanced out um you know this incredible package for consumers at the right price yeah i, I you know the the media folks here are already raving about this vehicle similar raves uh for the chevrolet tracks uh, which is built on the same platform uh, which was introduced earlier this year from a marketing perspective interesting uh comparison though between the brands in the case of the chevrolet tracks they decided to stay with the name tracks as their entry-level vehicle uh you guys have decided to come in with a new badge within Vista rather than Encore. Uh, talk about that from a marketing perspective. Um, uh, why, why change the name? In our case, I think, you know, we looked at the, at the generations and, and how we, when we introduced the Encore GX back in the day, um, it was... Uh, an extension of where we were in the small SUV segments and not knowing exactly how those two vehicles would coexist we opted to keep the the equity of the Encore name alive and 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 it continues then when we looked at this vehicle and saw that it was such a unique proposition styling wise it was such a departure from what the Encore was that ultimately it felt like it deserved a new name because we wanted customers to come in with a a blank slate, if you will. Um, although the Encore was hugely successful for us, um, I think a lot of the equity of what people imagine from that type of vehicle in terms of how it's styled, what it offers, translates very well to the Encore GX. Those equities translate really well. Naming this an Encore as well, I think, would have under um, undervalued the uniqueness of this product to the customer because of what preconceived notions they might have. Much prefer a customer to come in with a blank slate and say, so what is this new Invista? And then come see everything the vehicle has to offer. I, I, I tell you, Sam, I think people are going to be really impressed. I mean, this is, this is, this is an impressive vehicle at uh, such an impressive uh, uh, price point. Uh, thanks for uh, introducing it to us today. Oh, thank you, and uh, appreciate all the, the time and attention you guys have given the, the vehicle here today. And, and hope the listeners um, uh, can get uh, personal experience with the vehicle as soon as possible. 
All right, this is Henry Payne with 910 AM, the Superstation and Detroit News, and I'm down in the paddock for the Detroit Grand Prix. We're about three weeks out for this spectacular race, bringing the Detroit Grand Prix back to downtown Detroit from uh, Belle Isle. Very exciting to be here in the shadow of the Rensen, and we're joined by Austin Green, who is a Trans Am driver. So there, you'll, you'll not only have uh, the IndyCar uh, boys racing here, uh, on June 2nd through 4th. You also have the big V8s from the Trans Am guys. Austin Green is with the number 89 Camaro in the TA2 series. Austin, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Uh, uh, kind of cool to be down here, isn't it? Right in the middle of uh, Detroit and see all this uh, development around uh, around us. What do, what do you think about bringing Trans Am to Motor City? Yeah, I think it's um, you know it's really good f- uh, publicity for our series and and all the drivers. Um, you know, it's the first inaugural race, so uh, it's new for everybody, and uh, it's my first time on a street course, so it's going to be a challenge of a weekend, but. Um, I think it's going to be technical, and uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of action you don't want to miss. <laughs> a lot of walls in these uh, street street courses. I, I was talking to Kyle Kirkwood uh, earlier this morning. They're, the Indy guys are over there uh, in Indianapolis for a month doing the Indy 500 thing. But it's interesting talking to him. They've uh, Honda. He's with the Andretti team. They've already simulated this course, so they're racing this thing on simulator, even though it's uh, barely completed as a as a road course. You guys in Trans Am get that advantage? Uh, we do not. Um, you know, iRacing is is the main thing that I use, and I think a lot of other drivers use it. Uh, but iRacing doesn't have it right now, and I think Team Chevy with uh, IndyCar is are the ones that do. So the IndyCar guys, they they get uh, first priority with that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a real advantage for them. And and uh, Kyle was telling me they got the course laid out right down to the to the bumps. So um, yeah, so that's a challenge for you too, coming in, uh, seeing a new new course for the first time, and and a, and a street course. They're, they're different. Maybe, I don't know, we were talking about Sebring. Maybe Sebring prepares you because Sebring's pretty rough track. Yeah, I think the thing with um, with street courses is, you know, the margin for error is uh, zero, so uh, it's very narrow, and you got walls on both sides, so um, I think the racing is going to be really aggressive, and there's a, lot, a couple passing opportunities, so um, I think it'll be a good race, and uh, you don't want to miss it. Yeah, that's what's uh, fun about Trans Am. Trans Am, uh, of course, has a great history. Uh, part of that history is Penske right here in, in Detroit. Uh, Mark Donahue and Penske cut their teeth uh, back in the old days with the Camaro. I mean, do, do you feel a little bit, a bit of that history when you come in here with a, with the Camaro that you got uh, uh, Penske here as well and that all that uh, Camaro Trans Am history? Oh, absolutely. It's, um, you know, Detroit's, you know, really big for the manufacturers and uh, for... Um, the team sponsor, Three Dimensional Services Group, their headquarters are actually in uh, northern Michigan, so it's kind of a home race for them, so I know that's a big deal for our team, and hopefully we, uh, we can be out front and get a win. It, 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 it's a tight course, so uh, we were talking about uh, uh, Sebring, Road Atlanta, some uh, other uh, tracks where you've raced this year. Uh, very fast uh, uh, st- uh, 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 road courses. Uh, this street course is just 1.7 miles long. I mean, you guys are going to be doing uh, maybe a minute, just just over a minute laps. I mean, it's going to be a lot of laps around this place. Oh yeah, I mean. Um you know, I'm excited for it, and like I said, I think it's going to be, um, 
you know, very, very good race and aggressive and physically demanding the big thing. So, um, you know, I guess uh, however many laps it is, um, just need to make it to the end. Yeah, it's, it's going to be physical. You guys probably be uh, more worn out than the IndyCar guys getting these Camaros around here. So you you uh, you, you 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 come from a racing family. I think your father uh, was a racer before you. Uh, uh, talk about that. Uh, how how you got into racing as a young man? Yeah, so my dad and uncles uh, they raced NASCAR in in the '90s and early 2000s. So. Uh, for as long as I can remember, that's all I've known, and uh, started go karts at four. So, uh, you know, just kind of born into it, and it's in my blood. And um, for as long as I can remember, it's all I've ever wanted to do. So, at uh, four years old, uh, talk about that. You're in—I um, don't think I can remember when I was four years old. Uh, where, where were you? Where, where, where did you grow up? And uh, and what sort of racing did you start out in uh, in go karting? So I'm out. Uh, I'm in. I'm from Concord, North Carolina, just outside of Charlotte. And um, you know, I vaguely remember the go kart days back then. Um, but then after that, jumped in uh, the Bandolero stuff at the summer shootout. And, and uh, explain what folks. Explain to folks what Bandoleros uh, bandits are. Um, it's basically a little more powerful go kart with a body on it. Uh, in simpler terms. Um, it's a good feeder series for, for young kids, and I got in that when I was eight and then transitioned over to Legend Cars and then uh, did some late model stuff after that, and then now I'm with the uh, Trans Am Series. When, when you're growing up in North Carolina, uh, you know, you're, you're right there in the meat of, of NASCAR country. You know, North Carolina is the NASCAR, what Indianapolis is the IndyCar. Uh, as, as a young racer, do you, 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 you feel like NASCAR is the, is the, is the, is the future? Uh, or, or do you, do you look at the open wheel stuff? Does that, uh, does that intrigue you as well? Yeah, growing up, especially with um, you know my dad and uncle's backgrounds, I've always kind of had my eyes set on on the NASCAR side. Um, but you know, I love road course racing, and um, I've never driven anything open wheel. Um, and I've heard they were they were a blast to do. So. Um, any opportunity I get, I'm, I'm very grateful for. Yeah, the uh, one of the things I like about uh, Carolina is uh, that you get that mix now. I mean, you got a lot of IndyCar uh, teams, IMSA car teams uh, down there, along with the, the NASCAR teams, and then you got uh, VIR, Virginia International Raceway, uh, right there nearby. Uh, do, do you feel like uh, North Carolina's kind of become the um, the London of uh, of the United States in terms of motor racing? Absolutely. Um, you know, all the all the teams are based there, or majority of the teams are based there, and um, you know that just that area is is racing country. So, um, uh, you know, if you're from North Carolina, I think it's kind of hard not to know racing. But, um, but yeah, it's it's you know great place to be, especially like you said with Indy being uh, with any car, same as NASCAR North Carolina. So, um, just couldn't think of anything better. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love going down there. the The weather's good. Um, you got lots and lots of engineers. Just a just a great uh, racing culture down there. But obviously, in the in the racing circus, uh, you go on the road and uh, you come to places like Detroit. Uh, you go to Florida uh, quite a bit. As 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 you look at the the season, uh, where where do you where do you look forward to going uh, with Trans Am? 
Um, I mean, you know, this, like I said, the street courses, um, they're always really interesting, and it's uh, just a really big event and a lot of publicity for, for the series and for all the drivers. Um, so I know Detroit, looking forward to that. And uh, we also go to Nashville uh, in August to run their downtown street course. So um, I think those two are, are probably top of the bucket list for sure, um, just because they're so unique. Yeah, that, that'll be fun uh, going to Nashville. I, I know there's a lot of inspiration uh, uh, that Nashville brought to Detroit. Uh, the IndyCar guys went to Nashville. They saw the response uh, from folks in Tennessee, and they said, you know, we got to bring this race uh, uh, back to Detroit. The first time I was on a Detroit Grand Prix course, actually, was in a Trans Am uh, with uh, Jenna Losey, I believe, um, in a Trans Am. This goes back 20 years. So Trans Am has a, a great, rich history uh here what, what's the state of trans am today i mean talk about ta2 uh you got the top class uh how how, how competitive is trans am yeah trans am has you know over the past couple of years really got a lot more uh, popularity and i think attention um so trans am, or ta2 is is a lot more competitive i think than uh ta1 but um I mean, you know, the field that we have and some of the drivers, uh, I'd say there's easily at least 10 of us on a given weekend that have a shot at the win. So, um, you know, the times are, are close and everybody's aggressive, so it makes for a good hard racing. And, and what's the mix uh, of cars that folks will see out there when they come downtown to, to Detroit? Uh, you got Camaro, you got uh, Mustang, what else? Yeah, so we got, it's just the Chevy Camaros and the, and the Ford Mustangs. Uh-huh. No, uh, no Dodge uh, Challengers? I think there's a couple, but um, just the majority are Chevy and, and Mustang. Yeah, so so a good uh, good shootout here in Detroit uh, between Mustang and Camaro, the long the the longtime rivals. Uh, Camaro um, has announced that they're they're going to stop uh, production um, in, uh, after uh, the 2024 model year. Uh, not going to make any more production Camaros anymore. How does that impact you guys in Trans Am? Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously the, the manufacturers have a, a big say on, on what goes. And, um, you know, I haven't heard anything, but I'm assuming uh, whatever they replace it with, um, Trans Am will follow up with that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you get, you got a good-looking car, that 89 uh, yellow Corvette, Austin Green. Wish you all the luck here at the Detroit Grand Prix. All right, thank you. Do you have an idea for an invention or new product? Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Then call InventHelp now. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential and explains every step of the invention process. We create professional materials representing your idea and submit it to companies who are looking for new ideas. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We also offer services including 3D modeling and animation demonstrating your idea, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to show InventHelp client ideas to additional companies. Join the thousands of people just like you who chose InventHelp to pursue their idea. We are experienced. We are working for you. We are InventHelp. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. 63. The 
910 AM app has been integrated with Alexa and is now live in the App Store. To use 910 AM on your Alexa device, you can say Alexa commands in two ways. If your Fire TV device has a microphone button, you can hold down the microphone button to say the commands. If you've linked your Echo or Echo Dot to your Fire TV, you can use the trigger word Alexa without pushing your microphone buttons to say commands. Start listening to 910 AM Superstation now from the comfort of your home. All right, this is Henry Payne with 910 AM, the Superstation, out in Las Vegas, Nevada. Having a good day at a racetrack. Not driving your typical race car, though. Um, we're usually out here with Porsches or um, some sort of sports car. Uh, I'm out here today with a Kia EV6 GT, a very unusual version of a Kia. The first electric Kia, of course, is the EV6. This is a GT version. About 576 horsepower. I'm joined by Russell Wager, who's the marketing chief for Kia North America. Uh, Russell, how are you? So far, the day is going great. Thank you for having me here today. I, I love the fact that we're actually doing this interview in the EV6 GT. I guess you like it that much, you don't want to get out. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, the cockpit of the car is one of my favorite places to be. And, it, and this is a beautiful cockpit. I mean, I, I've, 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 I've said to people, and you guys have been one of, the, one of the first manufacturers coming into this space. It's a space dominated by Tesla with a model. Model 3, the Model Y, the Model S, um, but a very unique interior in those vehicles. Very spare, uh, very uh, a signature Tesla. You've got you guys have come into the EV space with a different idea, a different look. Yeah, so I mean, right in front of us, we've got two 10 and a half inch screens. So you got 20 plus inches right across. That's got all the information that you need. Um, you know, we love the simplicity of the dashboard to make it easy. Um, you can get all the information. What I also love about it is staring you right in front of the, your face this for the ev6 gt is the lime green gt button for the boost yeah yeah a lot of uh, a lot of cool stuff here on the on the on the gt and and kind of walk us through the development of this car i mean it's it, it's come very rapidly uh you know we're seeing a lot of evs from the industry you guys are basically already to your second second step here uh with the gt you have mul multiple uh models available with the kia ev6 walk, walk us through it sure so so we, uh, we started the EV6 on sale back in February of this year, uh, and that's the uh, the Wind and the GT Line. Both went on sale there. Um, and those are great cars as well, offering rear-wheel drive and all-wheel drive. Um, ranges up to 310 uh, uh, AER. And now we give somebody that wants just a little bit more performance, and as you said, 576 horsepower, 0 to 60 in 3.4 seconds. Um, I guess I would challenge some people, maybe you a little later on the track, to see if you can beat that. Oh, for sure. uh, but it, it's a great car. It's a fun car uh, that is, I think, for people that are looking for just a little extra performance. I, I think people also, when they see this vehicle, they're not sure what it is, who it's coming from. I mean, this is a different vehicle uh, for, for Kia. I, I don't think so, because I love Stinger. The Kia Stinger is one of my favorite cars. I mean, a, a hatchback a sedan with the performance of an Audi uh, A7, but for about uh, $20,000 less. So I, I feel like you guys have already been in this space, but you're really turning heads with a different kind of car. Yeah, so, so you mentioned the Stinger, and, you know, four years ago when Stinger came out, um, it was our high-performance vehicle, 363-plus uh, uh, horsepower, great car. We started our, our move for what we call our sporty 
Saudi sedan strategy. And then, you know, we came out with the K5, and also you can get that in a, in a turbo, in the four-tainer turbo. And now the EV6, um, even not the GT, is a pretty good uh, performance vehicle. And now this just carries on that legacy. So we've, we've been showing people that Kia can give you not only a fun-to-drive car, but a really fun performance car. And 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 you feel like the Stinger was the first step in in, in that uh, in in that journey in taking uh, Kia to a more upscale, more sporty customer. Yeah. So again, the transformation of Kia began four years ago. Um, we besides the sporty sedans, we also have our capable SUVs. You know, the Telluride that's a huge hit, along with our Sorento and and new Sportage, and and now we've started to accelerate even further with what we call Plan S, which stands for Shift, and that's our electrified electrified strategy. So EV6 is a big part of that. Nero just came out. We have plug-in hybrids, hybrids. We're giving people choices for when they want to step into the electrified space, how much they want to do that. The uh, You mentioned the Telluride, uh, hugely successful uh, three-row SUV. My sense is is that people have a Telluride, might be the people are looking at this car because they, they can use the Telluride for road trips uh, with a family, and they can use the uh, EV6, EV6 GT uh, more locally. You know, we're already starting to see some of our Telluride owners have been some of the people that were the first EV6 buyers. Um, so they, they love the Kia brand. They're loving what they're experiencing on it. Um, so they are definitely adding more to their garage. We we do anticipate that we'll get a few of our uh, current Kia owners to buy an EV6 GT. But, but the other thing that EV6 is doing for the brand, um, so far in the first nine months, over 70% of the people are new to the Kia brand. So we are getting people exposed to the brand through our EV6 and through our EVs, and we anticipate that will happen with the GT as well. Yeah, it's almost like an entry-level vehicle for certain ve- uh, certain customers. They come see this. So th- this car is about $60,000, the GT. The uh, EV6 uh, starts at about $50,000. Uh, what do you hear from that customer per Kia? I mean, again, there's a generation of Kia customers who are thinking Kias are entry-level Rios, $20,000 cars. Uh, how do you convince uh, somebody with $50,000 to buy a Kia? You know, it, uh, it's been amazing. So to start with EV6, and when we came out in February in the 2022 uh, version model year, we, we started with uh, three trim levels, a light, a wind, and a GT line. And it ranged anywhere from 41000 to 58000 Um Nobody, nobody bought the the forty one thousand. They they wanted the more things, the more range, the more technologies that were in our mid and upper trims. Um, so we got rid of that one, and now we put this on top of it. So so you're right. People have a choice somewhere between forty eight thousand and sixty one thousand for the ultimate high performance. Um, what we're seeing is that people have discovered the new Kia. You know, for for twenty five years. We pounded in everyone's head that Kia was America's best value. It's not that we're not a value anymore. It's like that's not what Kia is about anymore. We have the technology. We have, when you look at the interior, it looks as good as any other premium vehicle out there. We have the performance, um, the design of this vehicle. People like it, even though it's an EV. They didn't even know it was an EV. And they're like, oh, it's an EV as well. I'll take it still.
Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so you guys really see this uh, electrification as, as an opportunity. I mean, a lot, a lot of manufacturers are kind of sticking their toe in the water. They're making electric vehicles that are uh, on par with their existing ICE vehicles. But you actually see this as, as part of your transformation, as a, as a way to, to help this brand get attention. Yeah, we see this as we are all in. And when I say all in, um, we sell EV6s in all 50 states. You go to any one of the states, any one of our dealers, they are certified to sell you an EV6. As a matter of fact, um, 99% of our dealers have already sold at least one. So we're not selling in 10 states or 15 states or the coast or whatever. We're selling everywhere. The, the next thing is every single one of our dealers has a supercharger, fast charger. And that's one of the things that the EV6 has is you can charge from 10% to 80% in 18 minutes. So... Yes, you have to do a little bit of charging as opposed to a gas station, but I would challenge any of your listeners, the last time they went to a gas station, how long did they really spend there? Most people think that they go, oh, I'm in and out in three minutes. It's like, no, you weren't, okay? And just hypothetically do the go in, go get a Coke, come back out. How long was that? That's probably 10 to 12 minutes, <laughs> and you can get an 80% charge with our fast charging technology. Yeah, I, I own a Tesla. I spend a lot of time in uh, Myers and Walmarts uh, while my car uh, uh, charges, uh, picking up, pick, picking up uh, little sundries, uh, groceries that I need. So, uh, so let's talk about this thing. You've you've had it on the on the drag strip. Uh, I think you hit 118 miles an hour in the quarter mile. Ever done that in a Kia before? Um, I will say no. Not e not even not even the Stinger. I mean, as powerful as the Stinger was, um, this is instant torque, right? You just put it and you go, and you're already uh, off. Uh, uh, the, the record so far is uh, 120, so you've got something to shoot for. Um, and then we're also on this track here where we're doing lead follows, and people can see exactly not only is it a straight-line performance, but through curve. A wise man once said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And in a perfect world, we'd all be treated fairly. Unfortunately, we don't live in a perfect world. And sometimes those in positions of power abuse it. My name is Attorney Shiraz Khan, and I run a law firm dedicated to winning and getting justice in every case we take. So if you or someone you know needs a lawyer to stand and fight, call me today at 844-644-LEGAL. WADL gets a facelift and is now My 38 Detroit. Along with a facelift comes new programming on Mondays at 8 p.m. Catch a two-hour block of Law & Order SVU. Tuesday, Chicago Fire. Wednesday's Dateline. More Dateline and Chicago PD on Thursdays and on Fridays. You'll get more Chicago PD to start your weekend. We'll still have some of your favorite shows like Mom, Blackish, and Friends. Just adding more for you to enjoy on My 38. The Word Network has been broadcasting inspirational messages around the world since the year 2000. And we keep getting bigger and better and more innovative. Seen all around the world, we bring you the best teaching, impartation, singing, and inspiration. If you want original programming, we have that too. The Word Network is your exclusive source for all things inspiration. And we can be found on every device imaginable. If you want to be uplifted and inspired, 